Welcome to the next episode of the Radio Data Podcast. Today, our expert guest is Ludwig Holmstorm, who works as a product analytics director at Swedish company Mentimeter. Ludwig, it's my pleasure to have you here. Yeah, hi, hi Adam. It's uh, exciting to be here. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be on your, on your show and I've uh, been, been looking forward to this. Yes, likewise. And as always, let's start with the introduction. So please tell us more about yourself and your company. Sure. Yeah, I'm, as you mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm Ludwig Holmström, uh, Harvard MBA, and I work as a product analytics director at Mentimeter, where I lead a team of analysts and data scientists. So we work closely to Mentimeter's product department uh, with data insights and uh, enabling decision making. So the company, uh, Mentimeter, uh, we build an audience engagement platform. Any, any clue on what that means, Adam? Well, uh, I assume it's, uh, it's a software or product uh, that allows people to interact with their audience in more engaging way. So for example, uh, by using tools uh, such as pools, uh, surveys, quizzes, uh, QA sessions to encourage the, the audience participation and give some feedback to the uh, speaker. Yeah, I, I think maybe more maybe more abstractly. I mean, we, we, we help leaders turn tough crowds into engaged audiences. Uh, so our, our software helps build that like immediate connection with your audience and, and make them part of your presentation, for example. But mm -hmm. you know, unlike traditional presentation software uh, with Menti, you, you create an interactive experiences by letting everyone join in, uh, you know, vote, ask questions, and interact throughout. Um, so, so to to do a menti is to have a meaningful, engaging moment together uh, with with a group of people, uh, and and we're on we're on a mission to make meetings uh, more fun and and to make voices heard. And your product needs to have nice tools and features and a very convenient UI so that it becomes easy to use, especially during the live events. But I also assume that it must uh, use some data and analytics. So could you please share how you use uh, data at Mentimeter to make your product even better? I, I think there are two parts to this. I mean, first, Data is at, at the heart of our user-facing product. And, and to a great extent, what it does is real-time visualization of data that comes from an audience. So you have the leader. It could be a presenter, a teacher, or like a meeting facilitator that sets the structure. And then you have the audience that provides input using their smartphones, like perhaps by answering or asking a question, voting, or putting their pin on an image. And, and what we do is to visualize that, that audience input data in, in like beautiful communicative ways right? that makes the audience voices heard. So data is, is really what enables more engaging meetings in a way. And, and I guess prior, prior to mainstream smartphone adoption, like around 2012, 2013, this type of engaging interactivity was not, not as feasible, right? Because... Yeah, imagine a meeting where everyone talks and interacts at the same time, like, and what everyone talks about still makes sense to everyone else. Uh, I mean, that, that would be kind of crazy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. In a traditional presentation, 
it's usually like one to many communication, right? But this is in a way, our product in a way is, is many to many. Uh, and, and so technology and, and data visualization can, can allow this to happen. And I mean, I, yeah, I guess I personally absolutely love, love our product. But I, I guess so data is used in the product, but then on the, on the product development side, I mean, we use analytics to, to inform decisions. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in our quest to make voices heard, uh, we, we use active leaders as, as kind of a North Star metric um, to, to drive towards that and to, to inform changes to the product and so on. Uh, so ha happy to talk more about either, either side of the story here. Yeah. And out of curiosity, what is the typical scale of the meetings or public events where Mentimeter is used? Because as you said, uh, you need to collect the data in real time and visualize it immediately. So I'm curious, what is the vol volume of the data that you need to process at Mentimeter every, every minute or every hour? Yeah, so I, I think it, the real time part is, is uh, for a, a given presentation or a session, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that can be anywhere from, from someone having a, a meeting with their team, you know, maybe doing a retrospective or a, a quiz or, or something to, to, I think we've had cases where it's like a large stadium with like 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, connecting exactly. with their smartphone. I guess the only issue there is if you have like Wi-Fi for everyone, but maybe they use 4G or something to connect. Uh, and, and you get like a whole giant company audience to, to contribute and ask questions uh, to in, in like a giant town hall, for example, or a quarterly mm -hmm. all hands. Or, mm -hmm. And we use it ourselves too every week for we, we run like a mental listen show with with uh, the, the entire company where we, we use our own product to uh, mm -hmm. kind of engage with everyone. And, and that's I mean, that's hundreds of people. Uh, so it's uh, and, and I guess in that translates into data right like each the underlying data model would be something like you have uh, sessions or presentations as one entity and then you have interactions and you have maybe the analogy to slides and and uh, uh, and so it becomes obviously like millions of uh, millions and millions of, of data rows uh, but but the real time part is is in our production database and, and happens with within a single presentation. And what is the biggest ever event where Mentimeter was used to engage the audience? Oh, I don't have that answer at at the at at my fingertips right now. I I think what I've heard it's it was a big stadium with one of our one of our uh, business like our enterprise customers that that ran it for the whole like uh. uh you know, a, a S&P 100 corporation uh, mm -hmm. that would run it for their entire company. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's... It, it's it, it's been huge, but but the, there is of course the long tail of you know mm -hmm. five six people uh, using it to to check in on everyone on in a team meeting and so on as well. So, what is the most challenging task in providing those real time visualizations at Mentimeter? Um. The real-time visualization. I mean, I, I think that is that is like a, a technical solution, right? Like, like I think that that works quite well and is something we've built to scale. But I think the challenge for a company, right, is is we be, we believe in this market where we want to lead the way yeah. and and secure a, like a market leadership position. And today, people 
people know today what, what it means to do uh, to Google something, right? But not everyone knows what it means to do a mentee. I mean, mm -hmm. now you know, Adam, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, and and not knowing that is is the great challenge for us. Like, how do we show our our value proposition? Like, we have so many power users and businesses today that they kind of get and love our product, but to capture the world, we need to build and market our product in a way that clearly shows what value that Menti can bring to every leader and organization. And, and nailing that value proposition is hard, right? Because it's it's the audience engagement platforms are still unknown to to most people. And then and then of course like uh, once once a leader understand and, and use us for something, uh, say the department all hands like we we need to become a natural part of of that leaders and, and company's workflow and and create a habit around our product, and and that. I mean, I, I think that behavioral transformation is necessary if, if we, you know, if we're to make meetings and presentations in the world more, more fun mm -hmm. and engaging. Uh, but, but then I, I guess it, in terms of analytics, uh, I think one of our biggest challenges is to, to understand and control our, our customer journey. Like we're, we're kind of early on in the process, but we, we want to establish like a, a single source of truth and and you know expand our whole like user funnel with crm tools and and you know go from from just looking at users in the product like from registration to usage and conversion to go all the way you know from awareness to to multi-user enterprise deal on the other side right um and then of course the, there are technical challenges as well right to make this to make this scale but i i'm uh, personally maybe more on the on the insights and product side here uh, so so far you have mentioned two group of use cases how you use data and analytics at mentimeter mm, one is providing data and insights to the leaders so that they can engage the audience and get the feedback from the audience in real time and you can also visualize it in a very nice way and the second group is our internal use cases where you can analyze the customer journey to assess how advanced a particular uh, customer is at, in using Mentimeter, how often uh, this customer uses the product, what features it has already tried or haven't tried yet and so on. Uh, so this definitely helps you later to measure the customer lifetime value, for instance, or or even figure out what are the key differences between the user who uh, uses Mentimeter regularly all the time and customer who use Mentimeter only from time to time. And maybe you can also discover the reasons why customer uh, belongs to one of those two groups, regular users or ad hoc users. Yeah, exactly. I mean, th there is the whole analytics for decision-making part, right? And and what uh, what works and what doesn't. And and you know, we, we we I mentioned that we have like active leaders as as a kind of north star KPI and and. Uh, um and i guess we 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 do we do strategic analysis and we look at our kpis to kind of figure out what's right and 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 to learn about our users uh and and you know i mean as any SaaS company we care about recurring revenue right yet, yet usage and getting people to use the product like being active is at the core 
and and that correlates pretty well with willingness to pay so so our i mean in to to help decision making in in product sales and marketing like we, so that they can drive active leaders in various ways right uh, we 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 help break it down for them like in, in product for example like we we care very much about the pirate metrics do you, do you know the pirate metrics like no, R, no i don't R. so it's acquisition activation and retention and uh -huh. uh, and uh, i mean as well as conversion and monetization so i mean to to make sure we we we're aligned with what users want and to make sure we go in the in the right direction like we we follow these set of kpis closely and and especially in 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 the leadership uh, team so for example we we do like a retrospective forum with with product leadership every month where we look at our performance like what caused any changes such as like product releases or experiments or external factors or seasonality like how did user behavior change um and we also dive into this like as you mentioned like like relevant strategic topics or or decisions where we have analysis and data from from one of our data data scientists or or product managers for example um and and uh, uh yeah i mean that 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 kind of helps us make more informed decisions and and kind of uh tying back to to your question like we might have some users uh that that uses once a month some that uses for a large audience whatever we who should we cater for how much should we charge them there there's all these questions and decisions mm -hmm. that you have to make and their data is like a really powerful powerful tool to because yeah versus just like going off of experience or some some gut feeling uh you can actually test stuff mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. with with the users. Yeah. Uh, so this is all about implicit data that you need to gather based on how customers are using your product and how they react to product changes. But you can also get some explicit data because you can schedule a meeting with your customers and use actually Mentimeter to get explicit feedback from them. Uh, as well and maybe they can vote for new features maybe they can assign priorities to some uh, items in the product roadmap and so on yeah i mean on on the point of of uh, contacting the customer we actually have, have like user researchers as well right so we look at the we combine we try to combine like the qualitative data with the quant uh, or the, sorry <laughs> quantitative data with the qualitative data and and do like user interviews and so on to to uh first we look at how they behave and then we look at what they say you know and and sometimes those line up perfectly and we know exactly what's going on and mm -hmm. uh and that can be that can be really give really powerful insights um yeah i should mention too that i mean i, I guess i i talked mostly about like working with leadership and that i think that's one way one way to go in the right direction like but in the in the menti product department we we have this philosophy like we believe in the power of like aligned yet autonomous product teams uh, so you know we we have we have like a strong guiding strategy and then individual team missions that the teams run on and and uh with that kind of autonomy org philosophy uh i also think that you know it, it's it's necessary and kind of worth the investment for every team to be in control of their metrics and and contribution to our performance so like every team can kind of learn for itself uh with with data um and i think i mean it's it's pretty expensive to to hire like a data scientist for for every team uh so 
we also need to a challenge is to build and i believe this is the way to go right now is to build self-service analytics and like automation mm-hmm. uh for for the teams like i think that will be super important for us and and um yeah, uh, as an example, and shout out to the DNA team here that I work with, uh, we we have enabled the product teams to like almost independently run their own experiments where they will get like, they test something in the product and then they will get automatic self-serve metrics back to validate or, or reject their hypothesis. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. so a kind of A-B testing framework, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and. We, we try to standardize like the metrics that they get, get back now, I think, and but they can also implement their own kind of events in the product and they want to measure some ratio or something. And we built kind of a, a process and a framework for that. Yeah. And can you also tell more about the technology and data stack that you are using, especially given the fact that you focus on self-service analytics so that data practitioners at Mentimeter can explore the data and make also educated data-driven decisions? Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe on the data stack, uh, maybe it's a bit a bit oversimplified here, but we use we use Redshift and kind of pull in data from our tracking API, from product database, and various other sources, and then we run a daily pipeline. Uh, I mean, you, uh, and historically we've had kind of notebooks all over the place with different kind of widgets and and stuff that people code and pull data from Redshift, and and. Um, on on the self serve, I mean the challenge for us, uh, because we have we've been growing quite fast as a company. Like as a small company, you can get away with some notebooks owned by single people, right? But as you as you grow and you want self serve, you don't want everyone to define their own metrics in every place, right? In every notebook. Uh, so we're 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 migrating to Looker as our kind of BI tool on top of that, and and we want that to be the kind of single source of truth for our metrics. Uh, and, and this should also enable product managers and others in the company to kind of find and, and have a single definition of their KPIs and find their A-B testing metrics and so on in, in one place. Um, and, and, um, and for power users then to like explore our data, uh, but still keep the consistency of, of uh, like dimensions and measures. Um, and have them be defined in the same way across the company. Uh, it is a challenge, right, to create create alignment and ownership of metrics across the company. Uh, uh, it's a fun one. Uh, yes, exactly. So when the company scales and you have different uh, units at your company, they can consider different metrics in a different way. And interesting example that I often uh, see when we work with different companies at getting data is actually uh, churn. Mm-hmm. And in your case, you can measure the churn of leaders mm. because they might start or stop using the product for their individual reasons. Uh, you can also measure the churn of uh, companies because they can also uh, start or stop using the product for their own different reasons. And the same about the audience uh, because uh, some attendees might also start or stop using uh, your product. 
And of course, the context of the leaders, uh, companies and attendees can be different so that the definition of the churn mm. can be different when you look at each group of, of the users of your product. So you might need to agree how the churn should be calculated, uh, detected and prevented. And maybe you should also have some KPIs and metrics uh, that are well understood by the whole company. Yeah. Because uh, because also you might want to look at the aggregated metrics to, for example, avoid the situation that you prevent churn in one group, but at the same time you increase the churn in the other group of users. No, exactly. And, and, uh, and we would like, ideally, I think it's the most powerful if everyone in the company speaks the same language and rallies towards the same North Star metric broken down in a similar way, right? Uh, and and if uh, if someone says our churn is seventy percent, everyone should know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> or, you exactly. know, this year we brought churn from seventy to seventy-five, or you know, whatever down. Yes, sixty-five percent. And yeah, exactly. And exactly. and it's worth X amount of something. Uh, uh, but that that's so we we've actually had an ongoing project to standardize our our KPIs. Uh, first, we have like KPIs at the company level, like a small set that really really matters. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have breakdowns of those like into product and marketing and sales and and uh, uh and other departments right um to to so that it's hard it's hard as a as a team right to address the very top level metric to say oh you guys go off and drive active leaders you know that's a that's quite a quite a big scope right but then uh in in a, in a product team for example you might break it down into oh we're 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 going to address this step of the funnel or we're going to uh, get people to to convert on the plans page or or something, and then ultimately it drives the whole equation. Um, and are there any KPIs or uh, dashboards that you look at every day or every week as a product analytics director at Mentimeter? Yeah, I I personally follow the uh, the pirate metrics, uh, the R, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and we I follow the ten metrics that we have defined for our kind of report. For the the product areas uh, that we the, the one we use in the retrospective I mentioned, uh, because we need to to understand those right, and we need to attribute performance to those. So that that's actually a really I mean that's something I'm, I'm personally pretty excited about is is performance attribution, because we see you have a set of ten metrics and you look at them every day right, and they go up and down and they yes. go and it's like oh what's I think the difference between a, a really some a, a company that's pretty new and someone who's really mature in performance attribution is to say that, uh, like, if you take a public, big company, right, uh, that that has to do quarterly earnings reports and forecast their EPS, right, they know kind of exactly how the plan that they have will affect their earnings in the end like oh we're going to run these three marketing campaigns we're going to ship these five products and we have a long history of performance attribution that helps us mm -hmm. uh, you know understand where the changes are coming from and we know seasonality looks like this over the year you know so yes. we know exactly where we'll land whereas uh, whereas in the beginning you just define and track those metrics and i wake up in the morning and i look at my mm -hmm. dashboard and it's like oh i went up or we went down and it's oh <laughs> what happened and and uh and we get asked the same question every time right why did this change and i think that's also like an area 
where we can automate a lot, like both understand where it comes from, like what, what campaigns did we run? What products did we release? What world events happened? And then like, what are the drivers? Like, like in an automated way, it should be possible to do for a robot, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, to answer that question. And, and that's something I would love to, to build for, for Mentimeter and, and become really good at. So is yeah. it currently done um, semi-automatically or manually? Uh, so how, how do you currently figure out what contributed to the spike in a given KPI? Yeah, I think, I think the, the process, the way it looks today is that a metric changes, right? And, and we have this metric across a number of dimensions and we can segment on those dimensions or we can segment on like what step in the funnel changed. If we look at like activation, for example, we can say where in the funnel did it change? If activation mm-hmm. went up, where, which, where did the bottleneck change, right? Yeah. Um, uh, or, or in which markets or, you know, in which, which type of user uh, and so on. But uh, what, what I think we, we can get even better at, like the next level in, in performance attribution here is to be able to say, uh, perhaps on a, on a bit longer time horizon, but like we say this month, you know, in, in January, um, uh, activation went up and these are these are the kind of products we shipped that affected it and by how much and and these are the registrations we got from marketing these are the channels they came from this is the quality of those registrations mm-hmm. uh this is you know there there's whole there's kind of layers you can start peel back mm-hmm. almost on a metric and, and first it's like you, you kind of ask like why 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 and then yeah exactly to the bottom of it yeah and in this case, like the more data sets you are able to include mm-hmm. uh, in your analysis or the more metrics you can store in uh, in your database, then it's easier to explore mm-hmm. and figure out why a given metric changes. Because yeah. if you don't have the information like stored in a convenient way somewhere mm. that you released new new product yeah. feature or that some like huge event happened, uh, yeah. somewhere then it's it's impossible to to figure that out yeah like it sits in someone's head right it's like you yeah. have to ask 10 different people and someone mm-hmm. happened to know <laughs> that oh this this was released mm-hmm. yesterday and that's uh no that's that's a really great point and 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 it's i guess it's part of maturing here is to is to uh, uh i mean we talked about like expanding to the funnel to be like one global funnel and and incorporate more kind of steps uh, and, and that will also help explain a lot because if you only look it's almost like you, you you stare at a tree in the woods right but you don't consider everything else that goes on mm-hmm. if you only look at activation or only look at retention and and then uh, uh you, you need the full equation and and the different yeah super interesting and, and i guess yeah there are also more things we can track in the product to predict whether someone will churn or or retain or or uh, convert right that's where like uh, it gets pretty interesting for i think our, our like data scientists right to build like more like statistical models and, and things that uh, that we love to do i guess this whole kind of setting up metrics and standardizing and creating a process and so on that's that's kind of not not that much fun for for uh someone who loves statistics and data science um, mm-hmm. on our team, but uh, it, it's yeah, kind of like exactly. Exactly. rolling up so, our sleeves and get it done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there are many, many interesting use cases for data scientists at Mentimeter. Uh, for example, uh, customer lifetime value. Mm-hmm. So this is, and this is the metric that can give you a lot of information about, for instance, uh, estimated f- 
future revenue or it can be also used for a customer support yeah. especially if they have a large number of requests or messages and they they need to somehow prioritize who they should respond first yeah. and they can prioritize by the request time uh, topic urgency or they can also prioritize based on the customer lifetime value almost all the department can can work on on a customer lifetime value right but it is kind of a high level metric that each contribute to different different components of uh, almost uh and have you have you heard of like uh, growth loops or this this concept of uh i mean people used to think it's like oh it's just we think of the funnel but have you heard of like growth loops for example like uh in marketing you might you look at like what's the cost of acquisition for a customer and then uh you know all the steps and drivers in between and then what's the what's the lifetime value and and it kind of feeds on itself if you have a positive relation for example in in the paid marketing loop as an example historically mentimeter has actually been mostly viral growth which is super interesting like we we haven't had to pay a single dollar in a, in um in marketing because we we've spread virally because you have someone presenting and using and loving our product and then you have 20 audience members who all gets exposed because of this presentation and then a couple of them picks it up you know later on and that's also something we measure right like how does our our viral loop work is is uh, uh what what uh, what share of registrations come from there and and, and so on right and um uh, yes, yes, that's true. So, for example, you can also measure the conversion rate, uh, for instance, to know how often and when someone who is attendee of the event when Mentimeter is used becomes later a leader who uses the Mentimeter in his or her events. So, let's call it uh, a conversion from passive user who is um, attending uh, to an active user who is moderating the event. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and and it's it's it might be pretty interesting for marketing too because you might have the the lifetime value of one user, and it call, say say you get a, a, an LTV of uh, I don't know fifty dollars, and and they cost forty to acquire. It doesn't seem like that that's so good. I mean, it might take five years to get return on your money, right, or something. But then, if you consider that that user is really active, and then they kind of spread the word to their friends. Uh, I think, especially with a viral product like like Mentimeter, it can, it can uh, have that like multiplicative multiplier effect from from the viral loop. Uh, that that we, uh, or or maybe they uh, they they go they work at a company and it spreads in in the company, right? Like to to colleagues and so on, and eventually the an entire company uses uses our product. Yes, it's really interesting characteristic of your product. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so, and 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 yeah, as I said, it it all it all kind of ties back to to using using the product and driving usage, and, and that's it is kind of product led in that sense that we we need to have a good good engine, a good product that that kind of makes this these loops work, and I, I think we're we're getting there too. So we we already talked about some unique 
characteristics of your product, but let's look at your company. Would you be mm -hmm. able to describe what makes working with data and analytics at your company quite unique and special? Because mm -hmm. in the past, you worked at a number of really cool companies like Spotify. And of course, each company is unique, has mm -hmm. something uh, something special. And what is, what is unique and special about Mentimeter? Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, there are a number of things. I mean, I personally think Mentimeter is like a hidden gem in the Swedish tech landscape, uh, and and it's a it's a combination of the data and technology and and our people, right? So I would I would say it's the our team, uh, it's product leadership, the product itself, the the data we have to work with, and and our company culture. I want to start by saying that I think we have gathered like a, a really inspiring super smart and ambitious data team and, and shout out to Jakob, Tovelin, Sara and Kerli. <laughs> but uh, uh, and, and and more on the people side uh, first, I, I think product leadership we believes in data and analytics. Our our CPO, uh, Jakob Nettelblad, has, has an analytics background and, and understands how to use our team in the best possible way, which makes collaboration there very efficient and, and good. And, and of course, uh, maybe more more on the data side, right? We have the, the product is amazing to track, right? Because because it's one it's one global product. We we can build a data model that scales over the whole world. Like uh, I, I've been used to, I think in in previous roles we've had to kind of every market had a very different setup and different systems and different things that had to be integrated. But here it's like you you. You define things once, and then you can do an analysis over two hundred countries. You know, it's it's like just group by country. You know, it's it's mm -hmm. uh, it's such a pleasure to work with the data. And and I think once we we kind of get a little further with our data platform and modeling the data in a good way, it, it will be so nice for for data scientists to just kind of have quality quality data sets uh, that that cover all users and and kind of all steps. So so. Like doing analysis on the Mentimeter data because it's one product is 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 a real pleasure. And then I think on uh, I also want to highlight that that on a company level, right? The the culture, the company culture is is shaped by like a strong what I believe a, a strong founder's vision and and company leadership. Uh, w worth mentioning is that we were like Mentimeter was a bootstrapped company, so like without external funding. And, and kind of profitable since day one and growing from from our own profits and and I think that not having like a VC or external party investor early on has allowed our founders to really shape the company culture in a way that they believed in and that resonates with everyone working at Menti. We have our core values right and we believe in, in the power of together like I think uh, we put a lot of love, money, and, and effort into our people experience and, and the office vibe. It's it's everything from like great afterworks, you know, where everyone can bring their family and friends to like Friday yoga, meditation, and and serving mm -hmm. a delicious meal every day at the office. Mm -hmm. And and uh, it it might sound like those are just superficial perks, but it, it's really quite the opposite. Like we we. We know that meeting with each other for for real uh, creates like psychological safety that that is that is really crucial for for <laughs> us humans to thrive. And and uh, I really love uh, 
I really love the coming to the office, and I think it's very different from from uh, other companies I've been at. Uh, people bring their whole selves to work and, and connect us as human beings, uh, mm -hmm. and that that I think helps us reach our potential as a team. Uh, and I also uh, like what you uh, said uh, as an answer in one of the previous questions that as a company you also use uh, Mentimeter. So mm -hmm. I assume that you are very advanced uh, users of Mentimeters. So during the town hall meetings or during some brainstorming sessions, uh, your mm -hmm. teammates are very engaged and very responsive. So I believe that it's a lot of brain power and everyone who attends a particular meeting uh, can like bring interesting input and help to make a good decision that the company can make. Uh, because if you increase the engagement, and I think mm -hmm. that uh, that uh, as a company, uh, you know how to do that because you create a technology for that. This can also help your company to uh, to make good decisions and feel that everyone uh, everyone has a voice that counts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. And uh, I think this this both both on the IT side with our own, dog feeding our own tool and and on the the people side like that we we have a we have a core value that is include everyone like we we believe that the best work is done in in an inclusive transparent like gender equal and diverse workplace and uh, if you in include a lot of different opinions even if you have uh, like you get to better decisions and to better data products and to better you know everything, uh, mm -hmm. and and uh, yeah, we, we really have that in the team, which is something I, I mean I, I think is fantastic and and personally value uh, quite mm -hmm. a lot, and and we also like to have fun. Like we, it it should be a joy to work, and and you know we welcome welcome a lot of fun initiatives, both both in and outside of work, because uh, I mean we do it for uh, yeah a lot of years, <laughs> so. And it's consistent with uh, Swedish culture, where decisions are made in a very collaborative way. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a great point. What's your you worked uh, at, at Swedish companies, Adam, right? Like, what, yeah, what's yeah, exactly. your what's your impression of? Uh... Yeah, yeah, I I think that it's really good because you avoid making uh, stupid decisions. Mm. Uh, so sometimes the uh, the meetings can be longer because decision is made collaboratively not by mm -hmm. just one person, but the outcome of uh, such a meeting can be bigger and more uh, more correct. So I personally uh, like this approach. And for instance, at my company, Getting Data, mm -hmm. we, we make uh, decisions in a very similar way. So, mm. uh, so very often, uh, almost always, decisions are discussed together like everyone has a chance to to say something sometimes mm -hmm. of course uh, someone is responsible for collecting uh, the input from everyone and making the the final judgment but uh, but this is done uh, during the the meetings with a larger group yeah so uh, i i must admit that we actually adopted uh, many oh, nice. man, many <laughs> behaviors and many uh, habits from uh, swedish culture like from spotify the company that few of us worked at before uh, funding our company and we oh. also work with a number of swedish uh, companies so we I would say that we are sharing uh, and adopting parts of Swedish culture here in, in Poland, in Warsaw. Wow, wow, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, no, it's it's um, and I think you also need um, a, a dynamic team for that to work, like a, like a mix of backgrounds. Uh, I mean, and and uh, it's something uh, that that you know when when doing recruiting, it 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 gets really difficult. Yet it's like the the most important important task to have that combination of opinions almost and, and skill sets and and uh, and still have everyone work well together. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure you're aware in getting data. Yeah, so for instance, when we recruit, we mm -hmm. look uh, look not only at technical skills, skills and competences, but also at uh, behavior. Mm. How willing he or she is to share the opinions, take some responsibilities, uh, gather input from uh, other people, uh, become team player. So this is those are very important characteristics because, like, we are experts at technology. And mm -hmm. this is our the biggest value of working with us that that mm. we have the knowledge uh, in big data analytics cloud. But uh, but of course those technologies change so much in yeah. uh, in the in the current world. So like eight years ago, like many companies work on premise with Hadoop. Now, yeah, yeah. now companies uh, use the cloud. In the cloud, uh, you see the shift into modern data platforms that are mainly uh, using SQL as the main data processing language. So the, the technology landscape uh, changes very much. So it's very important to, uh, to be collaborative and be good team player, because thanks to that, you can also learn uh, from others and you mm. can be part of a good team where you can learn much faster. You, you actually started with Hadoop, right? Uh, how mm -hmm. did you realize that it was time to shift? Like, from uh, what, what did you have any data? Or, yeah, or yeah, it was. That, uh, it was actually quite easy because we uh, we still worked at Spotify mm. as uh, employees uh, mm. when Spotify made a decision to switch from on-premise infrastructure to to the cloud. Mm, it was kind of milestone, uh, very important moment. Mm. If you look at big data history, mm. a company like Spotify moved to, to Google Cloud. So uh, so since then, we started watching the cloud and trying to adopt it. But of course, uh, it took a number of years until the cloud became uh, mainstream. Mm. Yeah. So I remember that when we started working on our first project at Getting Data in 2014, I wasn't able to sleep well because I was thinking that maybe oh. we shouldn't do that on premise, but we should go directly to the cloud uh, yeah. with our new Greenfield project. But uh, yeah, but at that time in 2014, even even if Spotify was like making a decision to to move to the cloud, mm. then still there were like many advantages of doing that on premise because cloud was not as easy, not as cheap yeah. as it is yeah. today. I guess you have to look at the whole distribution of customers, like maybe Spotify is in the forefront as well mm -hmm. in making that decision uh, compared to the, the full market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But now everything what we do is in the cloud. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just it seemed to have been been a good decision, uh, and just looking at your company's success and and, and congratulations on on such a journey. Uh, Eight, eight years. Thank you very yeah. much.
And uh, from my side, I would like to thank you, Ludwig, for sharing your knowledge and describing us how you use data and analytics at Mentimeter. And I uh, keep fingers crossed for, for your product and its increasing adoption. Thank you so much, Adam. It was, a, it was an honor and, and a pleasure uh, speaking with you. And, and uh, thank you for having me on your show.